1: Congratulations on a great, great winner! Congratulations on a great team commitment week. I haven't seen many teams do what you guys just did just now. Pretty impressive. Don't ruin it this week. Carry it over into spring football. Keep accelerating. We'll see what happens. Everybody on the same page? Yes, sir. Thank you all for your work ethic. Thank you all for making this a fun eight weeks. For the coaching staff, okay, you guys bought into a lot of things that we're asking you to do. Just take another step. Enjoy your week off. Let's get to work when we come back.
0: Sure.
2: Yo, Let's up, go, boys! Bring it out! Bring out! Hey, understand that we will be the toughest, hardest working, most
1: competitive team in the country. We all memorize that for a reason. Every team when they play us will understand we worked harder than them. We every year,
0: every season. One better on we three, one two three. One better. Appreciate it. Welcome to the Gold Big Redcast, the Husker Fan Sports Show.
2: Welcome to the Go Big Redcast. I'm your host, David Gassers, and I'm with Honky. Got my black shirt hat on. Ready to take a look at the Husker defense tonight. Go Big red. That's it. That's it. Short That's the shortest hot take honky has ever had, folks. Uh, let's <laughs> throw to Redcast Rob. I'm sure he'll take up some time. Well,
3: first I'd just like to congratulate the Nebraska basketball team on their NIT berth. I'm really looking forward uh, to that.
1: Uh, no, that didn't happen, Rob.
3: Oh uh, well. At least we have some beautiful weather in Lincoln this week. There's going to be Husker Baseball in the Haymarket. Nope. And- nope. Ah, yeah, screw it.
4: <laughs> also with Boomer. <laughs> I know people are upset about not making the NIT, but, you know, really, if if it's too good for scrub programs like North Carolina, it's we're better than that, yeah. so
1: That's probably it, true. Who would have thought Nebraska and UNC don't make
3: it this year? That's crazy. Both? That's nuts. What are the odds? Yeah.
2: I'm gonna have to root for Creighton. Oh, <laughs> oh, no. Dave, no. Well, they are playing in They're
3: Denver, coming to Denver on Friday. Friday.
2: I know uh, we have plenty of Blue Jay fans we here. We will be Honky together. Will be like, oh, this feels like Omaha. <laughs> yeah, we, we will be together on Friday,
3: uh, watching. So that would be,
2: uh, yeah. that's right. I'm looking forward to uh, the Honkies' trip out, Is his annual March Madness trip to Denver. Uh, Rob's coming down. We've got a good group of guys going out on Friday, I think, maybe some on Thursday as well. So it should be a, should be a blast, Honk. Yeah, yeah, this will be a. This will be a fun week. It's it's spring break
1: on campus, and uh, so the, the team gets a week off, and kind of the Redcast a little bit gets a week off, too. I mean, this is right now the only show scheduled for the week, at least. I don't think we have any other ones that we're going to
2: pop you up. You don't have three fan forums scheduled? No, over no the other
1: fan forums this week. I still have one other episode that I'm trying to get scheduled, and it's just a scheduling thing, so it, it may pop up uh, quickly, but... Uh, we'll just, we'll hold off on that until we get the, the exact. Honky is like the
2: James Brown in Nebraska podcast. <laughs> and there's a lot of podcasts out there about Nebraska football, but you're the hardest working podcaster we got. <laughs> well, I appreciate that. It's fun talking to all the
1: fans. The fan forums have been a great time, and we've got a bunch more of those planned. In fact, Dave, I guess you're setting me up here, but uh, uh, might as well go through them. We've got Connor Hayden coming up here on Wednesday, March 22nd. So next week. Coming back after uh, spring ball, he has the number one football talk show on YouTube, Corn Crazed. Great show if you haven't seen that, Redcasters. Uh, next up after that, Wednesday, March 29th at eight o'clock, Redcast Sarah, the official mom of Husker Twitter. So that'll be a fun one. After that, Monday, April 3rd at 2 p.m., throwing the bones again with Adam Carricker, uh, host of Husker uh, Chronicles, Carricker Cro- Live. That'll be a lot of fun to, to have a form another former Husker. We just had Cody Glenn on. Um, and we've had Rob Zaska on it. Now we'll have Carrick here. And then last but not least, uh, Wednesday, April 5th at 9 p.m., we'll have Brandon Cavanaugh. And he's the Huskers college football analyst with Athlon Sports. Uh, in addition to that, uh, always, we're going to keep pushing this, the new Redcast store. In fact, I just had somebody tweet us out. a. Um, they took a photo with one of our koozies they got on the store, and they were up in the mountains, I think, probably in uh, Colorado there. So uh, use the uh, QR code there, Redcasters. We've got shirts and sweatshirts and koozies and all that good stuff. And last but not least, speaking of good stuff, Alumni Hall, two Lincoln locations, downtown 11th and P and then South Point Pavilions by Barnes & Noble. Uh, That is a place, I mean, I just got a flag there. Um, I've got a couple of hats from there this offseason so far. And uh, with spring ball, spring game coming up, great place to go down and get your Husker shopping in.
2: Yeah, Honk, you know, you might want to pick up some extra layers for your trip out here to Denver. On Wednesday it's 69 and then uh, then you get here and Thursday's it's supposed to snow so it's very similar you know Well I've got my Husker schmock, so I mean I can the schmock, yes. I can wear that on Wednesday at least and then
1: uh, we'll figure out what to do after that a beautiful With schmock.
2: your with your dress uh, trunks right I want the right. swim trunks and the and the smock. yeah I think yes. that's the ticket uh, all right guys well let's uh, we're we're talking uh, defense but before we do that let's uh, get to some tweets of the week
1: All right. Well, the first tweet of the week here, and we're going to just start in some Nebraska ball. And this will pretty much be the Nebraska ball segment will be these two uh, items here. Uh, But the first one uh, today, Miller North alum St. Thomas, he entered into the transfer portal. And I don't know any information about him specifically. This this isn't necessarily about him. It's more about the point of uh, what Fred did last offseason, bringing Griesel in. Uh, I think that that's something that uh, it would be great to see if we can go out and get another Nebraska kid. Whether it's him, we've heard a lot about Chucky Hepburn. Uh, you know, there's rumor mill yeah. things with him in Wisconsin. Imagine, imagine that because I think it's really important that we we we're going to have to hit the portal. We're going to have to have some success in recruiting here uh, for whatever kind of success we're looking for next year. But but Dave, I think this is where I really wanted to go to is the poll that we had last week and have some discussion as a group. Uh, we said with uh, whether an nit invite comes or not. There was no doubt progress made on the court this season with Coach Hoiberg's team. Moving forward, what are your expectations for Nebraska ball next season? Discuss. And uh, with uh, almost 1,200 votes, we had 27% say no expectations, 36% said NIT, and then 35% said NCA. So almost exactly split there equally between between NIT and NCA.
2: Dave, I'll, I'll just start with you. What are your thoughts there? That's that's an intriguing poll. Um, I don't know if that's statistically valid or not, but um, it does does so show you that Nebraska's fans are split on expectations. I um, mean, the no expectations is those are just fans that's press don't pay attention. I guess I don't know. Um, and the NIT NCAA thing. There's a difference between expecting a NCAA bid and then like than is wanting it or expecting to at least be in the discussion for it, right? Um, you know, there's a lot of things that could play out there where you don't get an NCA bid, but you're really happy with a, a really good season, you feel like you got jobbed, right? Like Rutgers this year, I guess. Yeah. Right. Um, and then, you know, I mean, obviously the alternative. So I mean I, I I feel like even though I was somewhat um I guess generous with my support this year with Hoiberg and, and it, it paid off for me, right? They did turn the corner and ended up winning nine conference games and getting to 500. And if uh, they could have got one more game against Minnesota there in the Big Ten tourney, we might be talking about and then the NIT game on the next day or two, right? But it it didn't happen. Um, I do think that, you know, you have some pieces to build around, maybe not a full team, obviously, um, but you do have a a system or approach that now you can um, apply. And I think with the transfer portal, uh, I think they've proven that they can be aggressive with that and and selective in getting players like Bantamil and Gary last year and, and guys in previous years. So they, if they feel like they've got the right formula now, right, mm-hmm. let's go out and, and, and sell that. And I think with the 1890 uh, now sub- doing the NIL package mm-hmm. for ba- basketball. Uh, there's no reason they can't get three or four contributors, Um, right? You, you don't have to get the entire team like they have the first couple of years in yeah, the transfer portal. We don't want you just, that. <laughs> no, you just need a couple. And if someone like Chucky Hepburn is out there as a point guard, literally a ready-made starting point guard for you in the Big Ten, that could be pretty compelling. I think there's others. Isaac Trout at Virginia. I don't think it might not be at Virginia next year. I don't know about Hunter Salas. I mean, you go down the list. There's a lot of Nebraskans that have – left that may be like yeah you know playing time and a great opportunity and they're gonna have 15 thousand people there and I can I can get them 10 or 11 wins opposed to nine like last year sure you
0: know
1: yeah well you know I work I work hard on these questions on on uh, Twitter to 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 phrase them in such a way that nobody can come back and give us too much crap because we get the crap on the comments on YouTube and, and everything after the show and so to your point Dave you know you took a little credit for you know how Hoiberg did better but we got some crap last week for, for still showing too much support to him. Uh, <laughs> I know I saw that. Know, that's that we great. Didn't, we didn't make the, the the tournament. So, you know, there we are, just we're drinking Kool-Aid and supporting a team that didn't make it. But look I mean, that first line is pretty, pretty simple there, whether an NIT invite comes or not, there was no doubt progress was made on the court this season. No one can argue that now, whether there's enough progress to make everyone happy, that's a whole different thing, but there was progress when you sweep, uh, uh, Iowa and you beat Wisconsin, you beat Creighton on the road. There's, there's progress. Um, but you know, next season for me, I, I, I get what you're saying there two days between the expectation of making the NCAA. Like if you, if we had a season like Rutgers did or if we had a season like Nebraska did in 2017, you go yep. 22 and 11 and you just don't get the call. I'm not sure what more you can do. We're not UNC, who has the expectation of making the NCA. So if they don't, they're they're going to turn down the NIT. I, I promise you, we won't turn down the NIT next season uh, if it uh, if it is offered.
2: Yeah, yep, I agree. I mean, I just feel like I mean, I'll have the expectation that depending on who they get from the portal, I, I think I'll be looking to hey, let's let's make the tournament this, next year, right? Mm-hmm. Will we we'll, we'll get there or not? I don't know. When Rob, I posted, uh, you, well, I posted you, you, one
1: other thing, and this does go to Rob because he yeah. responded to it. Fire. um I was like, uh, it was after the Purdue win yesterday. I just tweeted out, you know, hey, Hoyberg, all you need to do is just recruit a seven foot four center that can dominate on both sides of the, the court, and you're golden. So just do that. Just get that seven foot four dominant center. And uh, Rob, you did respond that we were going after a seven foot one guy. So uh, you know, not quite yeah. seven for but John for
3: John Bull I think we talked about him last yeah. week or yep. yeah yeah I,
2: mean, I would take a 610 guy that can and, but we haven't floor, we but. haven't
3: offered him yet which is a little bit confusing to me if you go down the list of his offers on like 24-7 and a couple other sites because I've been kind of tracking that we
2: still haven't offered him even though we made a visit so and was that an
3: official visit or unofficial I, I i'm not no quite idea. sure how i wouldn't
2: worry one. about it too much i mean yeah. i think that's so much influx. i mean there's yeah. gonna be so many players entering the portal. we think the, the football transfer portal is crazy i mean it's just gonna be nuts um as as these teams um you know seasons end here so yeah, yeah kevin's
1: I, point I right there was a good one and dave fight who's been on the show before with the fan form, he wrote something today on SI that I thought was really good. And it was the same thing basically that Kevin's comment there was, which is, you know, Hoyberg's got to make the post postseason next season. That's just that's the non-negotiable. You can't be in year five and not making it. Um that just that has to happen, I think. And so whether it's the NIT or the NCA, hopefully it's the NCA, but uh we have to have some standards as a as a program. And and it's been four four long seasons, but this year did you felt like we started to turn the corner. We did start to beat some teams that we hadn't been beating. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm I'm, a, I'm genuinely looking forward to it. I, I think we have enough pieces. Got to keep Lawrence. Got to, you know, <laughs> yeah, Ken. Uh, Got to keep Lawrence. You know, if they can get Tomanaga back, that would be a huge plus. Yep. But But you do start to have some pieces of the puzzle that you are returning. And that's something that we've been just missing. It seems like every other year we're constantly starting over. Mm-hmm. I don't feel that way next year.
2: Yep. Fair enough. Yeah. All right. right.
1: And the last tweet of the week gets us into what will be our main discussion of the night, which is football and defense. But uh, there was a article that was written by Brady Altman in uh, the Hale Varsity. And it was just about uh, Tony White. It was about the defense and some of the things he's doing. It talked about uh, the three defensive coaches that he's brought in, the new analysts and, and quality control guys. I wanted to read this here. Um, while White didn't hire his position coaches, he brought in familiar analysts. Kevin McGarry is a senior defensive analyst at Nebraska following coaching stops with White at Syracuse and San Diego State. The two worked together at San Diego State for nine years. McGarry has over three decades of experience in college coaching, mostly in various defensive roles. He's established in the coaching circles and has bona fides, And his bona fides were welcomed. White hired two young assistants and Josh Bringwell and Jack Potenza. Bringwell is a defensive analyst. Uh, after the two worked together in Syracuse, before that, Bringle was a student assistant coach at San Diego State. Potenza served as a graduate assistant coach on White's defense at, at Syracuse. Potenza is a defensive quality control coach at Nebraska and will specialize on the line after three seasons at Syracuse. So as we go through this on the defense, um, they they made a point last week to talk about, and we even have a video of Coach Rule talking about it. They made a point to say that these coaches haven't worked together white didn't hire these defensive assistants the actual assistant coaches but that you know he was able to bring in these three guys that can help him with some of the transition and and uh, i think that's a, a good place to start from
0: It's time
2: to throw the bones. And we're throwing the bones here where we're going to do our defensive breakdown for spring practice. Uh, and uh, here's our coaching staff, Honky.
1: Yeah, so basically just kind of a, a piggyback off of what we, what we just talked about there. Get my head away from the uh, Herdette, uh logo over me.
2: <laughs> no, no, no. Just keep it right over your head. It's fine. Yeah, here
1: we go. We'll just go like this here. So. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like that, actually. Uh, At defense coordinator, we have Tony White on the D-line, Terrence Knighton, uh, linebackers Rob Dvorakchuk, secondary is Evan Cooper, and then the three guys that we just talked about, Kevin McGrary is the senior defensive analyst, Josh Bringwell is the defensive quality control, and Jack Patenza is the other defensive quality control. And then we're also going to discuss uh, special teams tonight. So we have Ed Foley there, special teams coach, and Josh Martin is the special teams analyst. Just like last week, uh, for anyone that's going to be listening here, watching it on YouTube, We'll divide this up into segments of just position. We'll also do one of all the position groups together, one big video of that. And the players that are listed, just to – I'm going to say it here, and I know we're still going to get responses on YouTube and and Twitter and all that. We're only going over scholarship guys right now. That's because there's 100-plus scholarship players on the team. So that's more than enough to discuss. But, yes, we absolutely believe that there are going to be walk-ons that will play roles on this team, walk-ons that will find their way into scholarships once the season gets going. But for right now, for the purpose of what we're doing today, heading into spring ball next week, uh, we're just looking at the scholarship players right now.
2: Boomer, did you get that? Hockey's saying that rule is cutting the walk-on program. That's right. Yep, so that's,
4: that's what I took away from that. Gone. <laughs> yep.
2: Yep. Completely gone. Yes.
4: <laughs> Cutting tradition, <laughs> NFL-sized roster—that's what he wants. So. Black yep, shirts are yep. gone. This is this is over.
2: We don't even need eighty-five scholarships. We don't need fifty-three. We need to manage manage the roster. And with that, <laughs>
1: <laughs> we're going to go with defensive right. line here first to start off with. And just like last week, again, I'll read down from top to bottom, starting with the seniors. And Steven Wynn, Junior, uh, Senior, six-three-three-zero-five, the transfer from a year ago from Alabama, uh, Nash Hutmacher. Uh, junior six four three thirty, but he's been in the program now for four or five years. Uh, Ty Robinson, another junior six six three ten. Ruquan Buckley, sophomore six six two ninety. Elijah Judy, Judy, a uh, sophomore six three three hundred. He's the transfer from A uh, and M this offseason. season. Vincent Carroll Jackson, freshman six five two seventy. Rob, you talked with him oh month month and a half ago. He was on the Red Cast. Uh, Sua Lafotu, freshman six four three hundred from California. Cameron Linhart, a freshman, six three, two forty five, and he's on campus right now. And then Riley Van Poppel, freshman, six five, two seventy five, from Texas. So uh, I guess I'll, I'll kind of start with you, Dave. As you see that list, I mean, what are your thoughts?
2: Yeah, well, uh, Nash Huttmacher has been here long enough that you get his name right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's good. <laughs> I mean, that's... yeah, absolutely, Hutt Nashmacher. Yeah. <laughs> Um, you know, I mean, it, it looks a little thin, right? With, especially with experience. You like Ty Robinson's been there for a while. I think Nash still has the potential, and, and we've seen him play more and more. Stephen Wynn with a full year in the system and with you know, off-season conditioning, et cetera, uh, hopefully can um, play a larger role. I mean, I think they're high on Raquan Buckley. I think they, they aggressively went after Elijah Judy, so maybe they can make immediate contributions. I think the freshman... Um, you know, I would think are probably freshmen that aren't going to see too much. So that really tells me that they're a little thin on depth um, and, and they still may go get um, another guy in the portal after spring ball. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the three-three-five that they're running,
1: uh, that will be interesting to see what they do. They always talk about how it's multiple and they can get into four-man fronts and three-man fronts. Mm-hmm. I would say the same thing this year that, that I said last offseason, which is that changes up what type of defensive line bodies you need. Um, If you're in a four-man front, you may need two big-bodied guys, and then your ends can be anything from a Cameron Lenhart-sized guy or maybe some of the guys that we're going to show on the next slide, which is the edge players. Some of those guys might fill in at defensive ends if you're in a 4-3. But in a three-man front, you're more likely going to need three of these big bodies out there. Um, Stephen Wynn intrigues me because he's an example of a transfer that I wouldn't want to take this year in the same way. I wouldn't want to take a guy in May or June getting here. And that's what he came here last year. And I think it it stunts the growth and the the development a little bit, but he's been here now for a year. Now he'll go through the full off season. And I think we have a good opportunity to see what he can do, you know, right from the start, right in game one, Uh, a like you said, he's been well-developed here. He's been here a long time. He's ready to to play. And so is Robinson. Robinson's been playing a lot. So uh there's there's some experience there and there's and there's some some size. I mean, you throw Judy in there and he's a big dude, and Buckley. That that's five guys that if, if they can if they can pan out. I mean, you've got a little bit of depth going there, but uh, you, you probably don't want to get too much deeper than that. Uh, you start getting a true freshman on the D line in the in this conference, and that's going to be a problem.
2: Yeah, absolutely, yeah, Rob.
3: Yeah, I was going to say that this is probably uh this D line probably raised a lot more red flags for me than the offensive line in that you know there's only three carryovers from the previous administration, we'll call it. Um, you know, and <laughs> and, and in the well, uh, four you know,
2: Buckley was Buckley was was here.
3: Well yeah, but he didn't see as much playing time. No. So you no, know and that, fully and, and in the previous I think in the previous like five years or something there's really only like two like actual recruits from Frost that saw playing time, I think, in Hutmacher and, and Robinson, I think it was. And then, obviously, Win was a transfer. And, and Buckley, I think, what, last year as a freshman, he didn't see a ton of playing time. And then, no, you know, and so you've got the, those guys. And then, you know, even then, they didn't have a lot of recruits in the pipeline. I think Van Poppel was the only one that they actually were able to retain from that class. And uh, he called, I think I saw a story where he called, Van Poppel within four hours of um, his hiring to make sure, and Van Poppel was all in. Um, yeah. He he fell in love with Lincoln the School, the facilities. So for him, he just needed the reassurances from the coaches. And and at that point, I think he committed right away. Yeah, yeah I should point him. out too that he is the uh, son of – first round Oakland A's draft pick of Todd Van Poppel, who was a pitcher for the A's for a while, who hopefully yeah. uh, his son's career at Nebraska pans out a lot better than his major league career
4: did before he went over to
2: Texas. Hey, hey Boomer, did Todd Van pa- pa- Poppel uh, play in the cultural series? Look that up. Uh, I'd
4: have to look that up. I don't know that off the
3: top. I mind.
2: almost positive that Todd Van Poppel did. Maybe he was just a high, high draft pick, but
3: yeah, he was, I, uh, I
2: think it was a high school draft
3: pick for, if I recall, but I, probably wrong because i baseball draft is so weird but yeah i mean either way though i i think i i agree with you dave i think they're gonna have to add a player or two out of the portal if they can get like a nice like five six seven man rotation on that line but again with the three three five defense you know they may not need it as much based off what they're doing and the other positions that we're looking at like with safeties and linebackers but at the same time um you know that's it's it's an area where it, it's concerning. I won't lie. I mean, I'm I'm over here drinking so, coffee and I'm still concerned about it.
2: Yeah, a couple of things, Honky, just on this. I mean, to your point of Stephen Wynn Jr. didn't have as big of an impact last year because he came in after spring mm-hmm. ball. Anybody who's brought in, I, I don't know how big of an expectation we can have for him. Yep. But maybe just a just enough depth to get a, a six six guy in there with some experience at the D1 level. Um and then obviously um that the, the walk ons do play a part of this, right? I mean, they didn't cut the walk on program, so there could right. be someone there in that pool. Um, maybe I'm, I'm even blanking on someone who probably played last year. Well, Colton um, Feast is a good Colton example, Feast was, yeah, 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 I was gonna say he's right, but Colton's yeah. not back, right? No, Correct. no, no, yeah. Feast and, yeah. and Drew yeah. both graduated, so they're done, right?
3: Yeah. And so, there's someone, also- someone
2: could emerge there, and, and we might even see that here in Spring Ball where. Uh, one or two walk-ons, you know, get into a, a regular rotation. And mm-hmm. we might feel better about this in, in a month, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, this yeah. is
1: this is your scholarship, you know, group here, but where walk-ons can provide depth, there may be a transfer of a, of a position guy too. There could be an O-lineman Good who point. switches the D-line. Yep. that Rule does that, yep. Rule's done that. So, you know, this is what we kind of know right now going into spring ball. But when we get to post-spring ball, we're going to do our depth chart like we did last year that's a fun show and we'll know a lot more hopefully by then not just from what we've seen in the in the spring game itself but also what we've heard from all the all the the talk over the, over the uh, those 15 practices so there's there's a lot that can happen between them but to your point Dave if you're waiting till after this the semester is done to bring in a couple more transfers so that we can fill out this room I'm, I'm just already gonna say I that's a that guy whoever you bring in better just be so ready-made and, 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 you know, to play instantly because we've seen it last year, we brought in two guys, we brought in Win, And then we brought in drew from Texas tech and drew had played 900 snaps in two seasons at Texas tech P five football, a lot of snaps. Guy didn't get her till August. And that just, I'm, that it can't help, but stunt the development of the player. And for this, for what coach rule wants to be, which is a development program. And we've talked about this in previous shows, the the marriage, so to speak, of being a development program in today's transfer portal world is you've got to get these guys in now to develop them.
2: Here's a question. Maybe Boomer will have a thought on this. Um, what if someone like Tony White, that he was a coordinator, finds someone uh, from Syracuse, right, that he is familiar with, has coached, knows the system and and is looking for maybe more playing time or just wants to move on? I mean, that that might solve that transition problem. huh?
4: Yeah, it could, but of course that requires there to be someone from Syracuse who fits that role. <laughs> I haven't looked at their roster lately, and I don't Damn know. Damn Logic things.
2: Boomer, come on, man. Yeah, I know.
4: But, uh, you know, and if their starting D-line is suitable for the Big Ten and what they'll be going up against, I mean, I guess it's something we can look at here in a little while. But, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, it, it's hard to fill in those guys, you know, like Anki said, too late after the fact of uh, just filling them in. I mean, I think a lot of times when you're going that late in the transfer portal, that's where you're just looking to add
2: depth to have bodies at that point, just in case yeah. something
4: happens because yeah, you're not really yeah. expecting
2: that, a ton out of anybody that, might that you're happen. getting that might late. A, so, yeah. You're just getting a grad transfer, a one and done, that is just a stopgap measure. But I guess my thought with the Syracuse idea, I guess, is that Honky was making the, the case with Drew last year, someone who had 900 snaps underneath his belt at Texas Tech, um, I imagine his his growth was stunted because he he didn't know the system well enough and he struggled understanding uh, how to fit in and, and he wasn't able to find the field nearly as much as you would hope. If someone knows Tony White's defense well enough that they can fit in, even if they are maybe a little undersized or not quite up to Big Ten standards, um, at least he knows the system and maybe can can fill that depth right. That yeah,
4: and and I suppose it also kind of depends what. Tony White feels he can actually fully institute in year one. You know, with sure. the players he's got, he may not be able to go all out and do exactly what he wants to do. He's going to have to kind of mesh the system for what they have. I mean, so you know, is one player going to be the difference between you know the system he really wants and you know working with what we've got? I don't know. So that remains to be seen. I think so mm. definitely well, two, a, the D line is definitely a work in progress. So two players for the spring Bowl that I'm very interested in is the transfer Judy
1: from Texas and him. I mean, yeah. that's a big guy. That's a guy that, you know, the upside can be very up on him. So, I mean, he, he might be one of those dudes that is starting for you next year. You don't, you don't know. And he has the whole off season to, to get there. And the other guy is Cameron Leonard, who is here early. So, you know, he had, he was in the all American games in high school. He was a, you know, a high recruit. Uh, he's listed 6'3", 245. I don't know if that's his exact size right now. That's just what I saw. Listed. So yeah. um, my guess is, you know, he's going to, if he's going to be playing D line, he's going to need to be a bit heavier than that. But uh you know, this is a it's a good starting point, I think. And then when you start to add in some of the walk ons and and uh, we get the development going over the spring, it'll be fun to see where this D line's at uh, towards the end of it. So let's move on. And the next spot here, the edge. Again, some of this sometimes I think these guys there could be some overlap. There might be a time where an edge guy, a big edge guy, could line up as a D end in a in a certain set or two. We saw that last year at times with a, a guy like Oshon or a guy like. Uh, Garrett Nelson would have hand in the turf and down, but sometimes they'd be stand-up as well. Uh, As we look at the edge roster here, we have M.J. Sherman, a junior, 6'3", 250. He's a transfer from Georgia, one of the three that we've had. Chief Borders, a sophomore, 6'4", 240, transfer from Florida. Jamari Butler, sophomore, 6'5", 245, and he had went into the... To the mm-hmm. transfer portal, and he's one of the guys that took his name back out, and I'm, I'm glad he did. Uh, we could use the depth from him. I think he's he's been developed over the last couple of years. He's getting starting to get ready. I mean, you saw him last year on a few times on the field that he was a uh, there was a there was a sparkle with him. And uh, let's see what he can do here now going into year three. Blaze Gunnerson, another big guy, 6'6", 250. So just looking at those top four guys, there, everyone's between two forty and two fifty. They're all six three to six there's some size there. Uh, Kai Whalen is a sophomore, 6'5", 235, and he's a, a junior college uh, player that's come in here. Jake Applegate, red freshman, 6'4", 220. And then the two true freshmen, Maverick Noonan, freshman, 6'3", 245. And Princewell, Malin, freshman, 6'4", 230. A uh, lot of upside with a lot of these guys. But uh, you know, uh, it, it, we'll start at the top there. Those are the guys that are really the ones that you're going to be expecting to to play the biggest roles. Those top four, and uh, and we'll kind of see where that goes, Dave.
2: Yeah. Wow. I mean, a bunch of names that um, didn't play that much uh, or weren't on the roster last year, right? I mean, yep. with with Oshan and and et cetera, not not here Nelson. Kater. So I mean, Jamari yeah. Butler is the the one name that that sticks out. Yeah. Um, of someone who was really showing last year and, and you're right. We're glad that he took his name out of that transfer portal. Um, you know, blaze Gunderson has been a name that, you know, highly recruited. Everybody was excited that we got him out of Iowa and, um, hasn't really shown much, but I mean, he did start to play a little bit more last year as well. So he could make a big jump. I think this is where I would look at even whether it's someone like Butler or Gunderson or some of these transfers who they brought in specifically is but didn't play that much, you know, like cheap borders, for example, and saying like, are they going to make a big jump because of the change in, in coaching philosophy and, and approach, all those type of things, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you're looking for at least one or two of these guys to make a big jump because they just, there's not a lot of folks here that have had a lot of on-field production.
1: Yeah, and again, I'm going to say the same thing. I don't mean to be a broken record here, but, you know, we brought in Oshan last year and OSHAN was the top transfer of the transfer portal. But we got him in here in June. And so I don't know that we have a really good example yet defensively the last couple of years of the portal of somebody that came in and right away really mm-hmm. took over. As opposed to last week when we talked about wide receivers, the last couple of years between Samari Torre and Trey Palmer, we had guys that came in and they significant play time and they were your, receiving, your leading receivers that next season. But they also were here right now. They went through spring, and they went through all of the, the off-season parts. So, you know, when we talk about guys in the past, one difference, I don't know if MJ Sherman or Chief Borders, uh, you know, is as is, is talented or has the same skill set as what Oshan did coming in. But I just – I know that they're going to be here now, and we get to see that. And I just – mm-hmm. we've heard Coach Rule talk multiple times about the importance of practice. It's the most important thing to him, and – that's part of the development. I don't know how you can get better and get developed if you're not there at practice. And that's what all these guys that we're talking about, these transfers are all here right now.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And, and Boomer, I think chief borders will make a lot of the best names lists. <laughs> yeah. I think so. so. That's yeah. Good. That's, that's an easy one. <laughs> Yeah.
4: I mean, man, that's, I mean a, that's another young room. I know we've talked about this and yeah. the other, you know, roster slots like we talked about last week too, but man, you've got one junior, no seniors. A whole Bunch of sophomores and freshmen, so be interesting. So, well, Plenty of able to step up? So, yeah,
3: yeah. you know, one, one advantage that they do have again with Borders and Sherman both being on campus right now, too. You know, they just went through that whole eight week program that you know, weightlifting and training and everything leading up to spring is that you know, this is a whole new staff, this is a whole new system, and these guys are going to be learning this together. So, hopefully during this spring point, there's not going to be a bunch of guys that are feeling like they're left out. If that makes sense, like to where the, where like they they're not going to be wondering where they are to fit in the system. They're actually going to be, challenging each other to fit in the system so maybe pushing themselves a little bit harder because there's nobody is guaranteed a spot at this point right so everybody's like still no establishment yeah so it's not it's there's almost there's no real pecking order at this point so these guys maybe will work a little bit harder knowing that like they have a chance to play if they can step up and do it I mean, I'm, I'm looking for positives
2: here, you know. Yeah. I, I don't you know, know if they're going to work harder, like but to your point, Rob, there's yeah. clearly opportunity, right? There's playing yeah. time on the table yeah. and someone's going to take it.
1: Now, yeah. Well, Fedoni said that last week at the presser where he's like, there are certain guys that, you know, feel like they have an opportunity now that they didn't feel before because maybe they were on the bad side of a coach or just felt like they had fallen down the the depth chart and, and that was it for them. They were done. And now you have new sets of eyes on you, and it's a it's a new opportunity. And this happens. That's one of the benefits of a coaching change is it's a it's an opportunity for guys that are uh, to impress a new set of coaches. And so uh, let's uh, watch the video here. Uh, speaking of coaches, let's watch the video of Rule talking about his new defensive coordinator and that staff that he's put together. I think I think it shows a real strength of Tony that he would take a job as the coordinator and have the other three coaches all be not tied to him, but tied, to, you know, tied to me previously, but he's confident in who he is and in who his system is and brought in some great analysts, you know, coach McGarry's been doing this a long time. Um, he brought in two guys, Josh Bringle and, and Jack Potenza. I did not know them. I mean, the greatest compliment I can give both of them is, is if Tony left or I didn't, I would hire them again. Like I, they're fantastic. And so, um, but it's been fun. I think it's going to be unique. And again, they're lo- the most important thing to me is that they're watching the players and how they do things, right? Like, you know, are we a four, three, are we a three, four, are we a man team? Are we a zone team? His system has a flexibility to get to all of that, but I-, I need to see what we have a lot of defensive
4: backs. <laughs> you know, I mean, got to gotta see what guys can do this spring and then really figure out, Hey, this is the system that'll give our guys the best chance.
1: You know, he says there, are we a four, three or a three, four team and everything. I, I keep, Throwing that out, that 4-3 piece of this, because that might be how your numbers work out. You're, if we go to a 4-3, we have more defensive linemen than if we're in a 3-4 in the sense that these edge players almost instantly turn into, at least a couple of them, turn into defensive ends. I mean, that's just mm-hmm. what happens in a 4-3. And so, you know, it wouldn't be unheard of to see Blake Gunnerson, Blaze Gunnerson on the opposite side of Jamari Butler at D ends with two defensive tackles in the, in the middle. And if that's the case, now that you go back and you look at the D the D line, if you're just trying to fill two spots of depth here in a four, three, this looks a lot different. All of a sudden, now you, now you could see where maybe you have two, three, two or three deep. And, uh, and that gives you a little more hope there. If you're going straight three, four and you or three, three, and you need three guys from that first slide on it. Now you're, you feel a little different about the depth. So that the, and these position groups, they all kind of, merge into each other a little bit this front seven um the edge guys some of these guys could be on the next slide uh with the linebackers because there's there's talk of that like how does sherman or borders would one of them move into an inside linebacker spot and one of the things i think is interesting i'm gonna have to reach back out to uh brett ciancia with pick six is that when he's creating the the book if you remember last year i brought that up to him about the three four and the four three and really it's just about the front seven and he said he was going to look into switching his the way he did his defense that he might just right. call it front 7 or you know yeah the front 7 instead of trying to break it down into D line and linebackers cuz there's so much overlap anymore with the way that teams do this and guys are one day one play of their hands in the turf the next one's up
2: yeah yeah absolutely i mean i think it's a really good point there and and you know they definitely were were high on the on some of these transfers like like chief borders and MJ sherman so um, and clearly have the pedigree um, in the recruiting to uh, show they should be able to play at the power five level. So mm-hmm. should be interesting. Yep. Well, let's move on to the linebackers and all the people that
1: are watching right now. It's great. We have a, a full room. It looks like uh, keep uh, putting in your comments here. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. Also, if you're watching this today, tomorrow, we'd love to get your comments as well. So put your comments down there and, uh, and uh, give us a like, if you like this, give us a thumbs up linebackers. Start with Luke Reimer senior six one two twenty-five. Nick Henrich junior six three two twenty-five. So there's a lot of experience with those top two guys. Nick Henrich is going to be out in spring, so he's nursing injuries. And uh, even Reimer, I think, is still nursing some injuries as well from last year. So uh, but those two guys have a lot of snaps under their belt. So no concerns there from an experience standpoint. Garrett Snodgrass, junior, six three, two twenty. 220. Uh, Micaiah Gabor sophomore six two two twenty, 220. Uh, Randolph Kapai, sophomore six three two zero five. Seth Malcolm, sophomore six four two fifteen. And the two two freshmen, Eric Fields, freshman 6'2", 195. Dylan Rogers, freshman 6'3", 240. Um, one notable name here, and we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about it, but it's it's from uh, your high school, Dave. Uh, we don't have Houseman anymore. And so Houseman, who had jumped ahead of a couple of these sophomores that are on this list he jumped ahead of him last year right away in his first year he's transferred out and he's in Michigan now and so uh that you know I, I'd love to put a, a lovely spin on that but I really don't know how to I mean he was somebody that um of all we didn't lose a lot of game changers I didn't think after the coaching change he's the one guy I really wish that we'd have back but uh this is what we have right now to work with going into spring. And this there's a lot of experience and, and there's a lot of talent. And there's some young guys that
3: uh, that give you some excitement too. Well, there's yeah, um, a good we chance know, we'll see Hasman play in Lincoln this year. Well, that's true.
2: Only, only way to have a positive spin is if this was the go big blue cast, right? I mean, literally, <laughs> that's the only way to make this a positive. Switch, change the logos. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> pretty quick. Yeah. Um, where's are when you need the guy, right? <laughs> um, He's pretty uh, quick. Yeah. Right? It, it, at least these names are familiar, right? I mean, we do have a, a lot more familiarity with these guys. Reimer and Heinrich to, to start off. Um, got to stay healthy. They've got issues with that. Uh, you know, Snodgrass, I feel like uh, him and Nelson were up uh, in the same recruiting class. <laughs> but uh, yes. it, it's just crazy that we just have not seen as much of, of Gary Snodgrass. And hopefully uh, that this year changes that. He could make a far more prominent role here for himself. Um and then there's some guys like Randolph Kapai, um, Seth Malcolm. We've also been waiting, uh two Iowa guys, right? That um we really want to see to, to pop. So yeah, I mean I, I think you've got some established starters. Hopefully you see some some guys um rise up to challenge them and and we've uh should be okay here. Yeah, Kapai's
1: a uh South Dakota kid. He's from Sioux Falls Malcolm. and then Malcolm and Malcolm's eight man football from uh um, oh yeah from sure. Iowa. So uh mm-hmm. you know uh Small town kid there, but I mean, there's there's some there's some talent in this room. And Snodgrass, he's a guy that intrigues me a little bit because I've brought him up in the past that you know if it didn't work with with him at linebacker here, he'd be one of those guys we talk about fullback. I, I wouldn't mind seeing you know if we need to build up a little bit of instant depth at, at that position. This is the time. Spring ball is the time when you, you do move some people around. But no doubt, I'm guessing he'll get his first shot here at, at linebacker and get his chance to impress because he's probably an example of somebody who had been here for three or four years, probably kind of lost the eye of the coaches because he was getting passed over. Well, here's his chance now with some new coaches to to try to see his way onto the field, especially with Reimer and Henrich um, not taking as many snaps here in the spring. Yeah, yeah another, no.
2: another
4: bunch here. Of- He's healthy, you know, into the season, so. Hmm.
1: Kapai is a guy that I think if you want to talk about the potential of the upside, it's almost surprises me that either Houseman was that good, or I, I was kind of expecting Kapai to make the, the jump and he was a year ahead of Houseman, So he'd have been in his second year last season. Yeah. I was kind of expecting him to do that. Um, but look, I mean, if it takes him three years, if if this year he plays at a level of what Houseman was playing a year ago, that would be, that would be a huge addition to this group. I mean, there's, um, and again, if you're playing a four three, if you're playing a three four, this changes how guys are lined up and everything too. So, um, alignment can change the look of this room quite a bit too, depending on where guys are, are, are playing.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean. You know, with the Hausman loss, I mean, I think you mentioned uh, Mathis. He was the number number one uh, person in the transfer role like post spring, though, right? It wasn't like actually yeah. like back in like December. Um, it that's what Hausman was. He was like one or two <laughs> in the portal, like when everybody was in, right? And so yeah. uh, that's uh, how how much his recruiting profile changed in one year playing at Nebraska, but. To your point, I mean, I, I think these guys have, have the maturity and, and potentially some – at least the practice experience that they could flash in the same way. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, let's move into the secondary. And this – there's so many people, and you heard uh, Coach Rule talk about it in that video. There are so many people right now in the secondary that we have to split this into position groups. And we'll start with the cornerbacks here. And I think we counted up there was 12 listed. Um, Tommy Hill – we had him listed last week as wide receiver. And we even said on the show, we go, we think we screwed up. We think he's a, a defense back. And we just had him erroneously listed there. And that we still got comments from people, which basically just tells me people don't watch this. They just they see one thing and then they just start commenting. It's like, good grief. We we, we I typed it out. I you know, we Everybody's watching this it.
2: right now. Remember Honky well, said that rules nixing the walk-on program. There you
1: go. Yep. Tommy <laughs> Hill. is is listed as a corner here now as now as i say that i went to the huskers uh, website today and he is still listed as a wide receiver on their roster on the website but again this is pre-spring stuff so don't get too worked up one way or the other he might be a a db he might be on the offense who knows but uh, we start from the top omar brown senior 6'1 195 he was the transfer from a year ago from northern iowa Braxton Clark, senior, 6'4, 195. He's going into his 13th year at Nebraska. Uh, (laughs) Tyreek Johnson, senior, 6'1, 180. He was the transfer from the five star transfer from Ohio State a couple of seasons ago. Really, we haven't seen much from him. Stuck around, though. He stuck around. I mean, to be quite honest, I'm surprised that he is still on this list just because of how little we've seen from him. But who knows? Maybe again, getting seen by a new coaching staff. Maybe. (laughs) This is the, the, you know, there was talent in him to make him a five-star at one time and, and to be recruited by Ohio State. We'll see what happens. Quentin Newsom, that dude's been, he's been solid. Senior, 6'1", 180. Yep. And now we get to the juniors, Tommy Hill. He was the transfer a year ago from Arizona, six 6'2", 200. Uh, Javier Morton, uh, junior, 6'2", 195. Malcolm Hartzog came on big time last year as a true freshman. Real, real shocker, too. Sophomore, 5'9", 170. Uh, Taman Lynham. Uh sophomore six two one eighty. And then we get to the freshmans. DeAndre Barnes, freshman six feet one seventy five. He was the one from uh Colorado that I think uh Satterfield talked, to, you know, gave the story about how he was just driving by the school and stopped by and said hi to the head coach, and that's how we made the connection to get him. Weren't even recruiting him at the time. Uh Dwight Boodle the second, freshman five ten, one seventy. He's been committed to us for 13 years. Uh he's the the uh younger brother of DiCaprio. And then Ethan Nation, freshman, 5'10", 160. He w- committed to us at the All-Star Game, uh, one of those hat ceremonies. And then I hope I say this right, sincere, Safaula, freshman, six two one seventy. 170.
2: Safula. So
1: that's a, big, uh, that's a big group there, Dave.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And you, you've got multiple, multiple spots there where you've got guys who have played a lot and, and even started, right? Braxton Clark, Quentin Newsome, Tommy Hill. And Hartzog probably have all all started. I guess. I mean, hmm. maybe Hartzog didn't start last year, but he played a lot. Yeah, he. I mean, started, he had right? some great interceptions last year, and yeah. You know, um, was... Yeah, and then you 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 throw in, uh, yeah, someone like Omar Brown who's playing. Yeah, I mean, you got a lot of depth here and um, a lot of names. Yep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> names and size.
1: I mean, you've got. Hartzog's a five nine corner, and you've got Braxton Clark out there at six four. So there's a yeah. lot of different body types there. I mean, this is a lot of names. I, I'm just going to go back to what Coach Rule said in that that video clip. There's a lot of dudes in the secondary here. I, I've never seen twelve scholarship cornerbacks. So um,
2: yeah. one thing. This that is this, where you. I don't, mean, don't. you think you think like a few people will transfer out right by the end of spring ball or over summer, mm-hmm. right? Geez. Well, that, you would assume that's there'd one be right?
1: Yeah. I mean, you would think some attrition or is there ways to move guys around a little bit? Is there, you know, is, is one of these corners, could they play safety? Could a safety move up to uh outside linebacker, you know, in a role, or could somebody switch over to the offensive side like Tommy Hill? And the other thing is at the very end of this discussion tonight, we're going to talk about special teams. There can be places for these guys to, to fall into to those roles too. Um to me it all starts with Quentin Newsom I mean that's your that's your stud guy returning he's the guy that's the gonna be the lockdown corner hopefully on day one I I don't feel like we never really got to see Omar Brown last year there was there was some hype of him last off season he was here during spring ball but uh we just I think some injuries and just didn't see him you know get to play as much last year and uh and so that's someone I'm really interested in i I still like Clark I mean Clark has been uh, you know, I have these visions, I'm an old guy. So I have these visions of like when Michael Booker was out there, big, long, you know, long armed corner that, you know, could drape a guy and just, you know, cover the tall receivers that you're going against, you know, at six, four, I mean, that's a, that's a different type of body style. Um, and he's got some, some uh quite a bit of practice under him, quite a bit of play time. So, yep. you know, if he can get out there, I think Hartzog, you know, Newsom, that's a solid starting three, and, uh, and kind of fill in around that.
2: Yeah, and Tommy Hill has got, got experience there too, right? I mean, struggled a little bit at times, but also can, can make plays. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think you, you should be able to find um, two starters plus, plus two backups out of this group, no doubt about it. Mm-hmm.
1: All right, let's go to safeties. There's nine of them. Uh, Marquise Buford, uh, Jr., 5'11", one ninety miles. Farmer, junior, six three two hundred. He, <laughs> he's a junior. <laughs> he's been here for thirteen years as well. Uh, Noah Polingates, junior, <laughs> six foot one eighty. Deshaun Singleton, he was a junior college transfer a year ago, I believe, six three two hundred five. Kobe Brett's the sophomore from Omaha Wetside, six two two ten. Corey Collier, the sophomore, the transfer from Florida, six one one eighty. Kane Williams, sophomore, six two two hundred. Jaleel Martin, retro freshman, six two two hundred. Then Ramirez Stewart, freshman, six feet one ninety-five. Yeah, go back to Miles Farmer there for a second. I mean, I one of my memories, Dave. I'm going out to Denver this week to see you, but I remember being out there during the COVID year when we played Northwestern in the whatever that third week of the season that yeah. one was, and that was one of the first times a, you know a young farmer got out there on the field. and He had two interceptions in that game, but that was 2020.
2: You know, <laughs> so, yeah, that year didn't count.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So here we are, you know, this is a, you know, he's still a junior and uh, he brings good size to, to the safety room. I certainly see him uh, getting a lot of the play time and Buford as well. I mean, those two guys, but you know, does, is this a year where can Pola Gates, you know, we mentioned guys like yeah. Snodgrass and some guys that have been on the, on the the team for a few years and just maybe need a new set of eyes looking at them. Uh, Paula Gates, I mean, came here with all of the accolades. He was in the, the Polynesian bowl and, you know, four-star big time recruit and just, we just haven't seen it quite on the field. So whether that's in special teams or can he actually start to get out there, if we're running a 3 5 you know, a nickel back, you know, we're going to get into some of those five defensive backs, six defensive back situations, and, you know, can he get his way on the field that way?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Now, can remind me, so Kane Williams was one of the transfers from Alabama. Is that right? Yeah, why am I – Drawing a blank on that. And, and did he transfer in for this class or was he last year? I'm mean, I mean, We've got so many new names, you know, and we've got a couple of familiar ones here, but him and, and Corey Collier, I'm trying to picture on when we get those guys transferred. Yeah, Kane, in. Kane Williams Collier came from, from Florida. Yeah, he
1: came from uh, um, Alabama, and in 2022, he did not play. He was a redshirt freshman.
2: Okay. So that was yep. from last year's coaching staff. And Corey Collier is this year's coaching staff and from, from Florida. Florida yes okay yeah so we I have think three collier's
3: an interesting guy too because i think um i think rule was actually recruiting him in high school back in like 2019 which you know before when he before he went over to the oh, panthers so then like you. as soon as as soon as he s- entered the transfer portal he was almost he was like a husker almost immediately so it's a got, um, got a bunch of offers but I, so that's an int- I, for me that's interesting because he's a sophomore but I also wouldn't be surprised if he if we saw him get playing time because he's a guy that Rule's been watching for a long time. If that makes sense,
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, a guy that I'm keeping my eye on,
3: and I'm a big
1: in-state kid, uh, Kobe Brett's Omaha West Side, and yep. you know he was there the same year when. And I've already my brain is going blank. The guy that went to Oregon from mm-hmm. Omaha West Side, the defensive back Dickerson, Dickerson, yeah, Avante Dickerson. He was the big four-star kid. Mm-hmm. Well, that same year that we didn't get Dickerson, we got Brett's out of the same secondary. But Brett's comes with some more size. Obviously, he's playing safety. And, uh, you know, a bigger kid like that, I mean, it'll be interesting to see him if he gets some, some play time out there, especially in those early games uh, against Northern Illinois, against Louisiana Tech. If we can get some of these guys out there, uh, there's opportunities, I think, for some of those young guys to, to get a few snaps. But, again, if it's not on defense, it's going to be special teams. How do they get some of these young guys onto the field early I think you're going to see it there with special teams. Yep.
4: Makes sense. And Maybe some of them can play basketball. Mm -hmm. Well. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. Well, let's
1: get to special teams. We've talked enough about that. There's Boomer's slide right here. Boomer, here's your slide. (laughs) Now, now the reality is this slide looks looks light on names because we're only talking about the specialists that would be on it. But literally what we just went through, all these previous slides, like we said, how many countless number of those guys are going to find their way on the punt teams and kickoff teams and kickoff returns. And and some of those DBs are going to be returning kicks and returning punts, you know, so that's that's an opportunity. But specifically to this right now, this roster, these are the four guys that are specialists. And we have Marco, Marco Ortiz, senior deep snapper transfer from Florida. Timmy Bleak Road is the junior kicker. So he came here last season. Brian Bushini, a uh, junior punter. He was from Montana uh, a year ago. And then Tristan Alvano, the, the true freshman kicker from Omaha Westside. Uh, normally, as they said, they wouldn't normally have two kickers on scholarship at the same time. But uh, Alvano is a potentially a, a generational, once in a generation kind of in-state kicker for sure. Um, mm-hmm. He was just outstanding at Westside. And uh, to me, he was a non-negotiable. You had to go out and get him. So I'm glad that they did.
4: Yeah. And I, I, you can't really have any complaints with uh, with the specialists that we have here. I mean, you got a couple with experience, which is good. You know, Alvano, like you said, has all the potential in the world as that home state kid. So, you know, politically, you, you had to give him that offer. And then, and you've mentioned it, just this is a place for opportunities for lots of people to get playing time. Now, uh, you know, we've heard it spoken of already. You know, we've flogged that Aquatic Equine many times about how important special teams is when it comes to needing game changing plays. And, you know, Rule and Foley have talked about that. That's something big they, they're they really focusing on this year. Because our, our special team's efficiency has been crap, you know, in terms of, yeah. especially return game. It's been awful for years. And I think, you know, you'll see guys work themselves into it, but I think they're going to, you'll see guys, a good chance of players like Billy Kemp who've returned, you know, punts in the past. Yeah, I think you're yep, likely yep. to see him probably starting the season. And it's a good spot for Tommy Hill to maybe, yep. you know, get some kickoff returns and, yeah, we've got a lot of running backs still on the roster. You know, it's an opportunity for some of them to, you know, fill in on those spots too. So, but yeah, it's it's going to be an opportunity for people who really want to go out and make a name for themselves. We've got some experience on, on the return game. And for the love of God, if you could just not have to fair catch every one of them and just go forward for a few yards, that'll be a nice, nice positive for the season. So. Yeah. Well, one,
1: one other thing I want to highlight, I'm going to go back for a second to the coaching staff. You know there was a there was a season not too long ago where that special teams analyst was what we had and that was it, and here we have Ed Foley who's you know uh, quickly ing- ingratiating himself to, to Husker Nation. Uh, people like him a lot here. He's a, he's a you know kind of a boisterous guy and he's been around going to all these different uh, schools. He fits in well. He fits in really well. So he's our special teams coordinator, but we also have Josh Martin, a special teams analyst. So to there's definitely more. Uh, you would definitely look at this and say that there is more of an emphasis being put, at least from just a, a bodies getting guys out there. Uh, you know, Boomer, go back to you've talked about this before. It starts with the the enf- the emphasis and practice on this. Mm-hmm. What do you put onto it and having two guys dedicated to that? And then what Coach Rules talked about that? I mean, what does that make you feel going into spring ball that the, that they're going to take this serious and and really treat this like the, the third element of of the football team.
4: Yeah. I think we've seen it from prior regimes, you know, dynamic names that, you know, I think they've said they pay attention to it, but clearly the results show they weren't. they certainly weren't giving it the focus they it
2: it was hard to hide at times that's for sure it was
4: yeah very much so and and that's been the case for a while it seems here and again you know we mentioned before special teams isn't the sexy thing people like to talk about you know no one loves talking special teams you know punting punt returns things like that but you do you love talking yeah because it's a huge part of the game and it's it's forgotten and misunderstood and underappreciated and you know, when it works that, you know, when you don't have to talk about it, that's great because it's working, you know, and that's mm-hmm. what that's what you want it to be. You know,
2: Boomer, and, remind me, yeah. uh, Bleak Road uh, was kicking for us last year. Who else was also a place kicker? Did we have to a kickoff specialist? What, why am I thinking there's one other name that Yeah, gosh. Was somebody oh, else kicking like last year? A bunch of walk-ons. <laughs> yeah, we had people all over the place. Yeah. But, but Bleak Road is established, but uh, uh, we we got a comment there from uh, our friend of the of the show, Eric Francis, I think, saying that you know he thinks Alvano is going to win the starting job by by August. That should be interesting.
4: Yeah, it, it it'll be a good opportunity, I think, for both of them to see what they can do. And Tal, if you're kicking them out of the end zone every you know every kickoff, that's what you want. You give that person the job. So, you know, I'll make a comparison. It's a weird comparison, but I'm going to make one.
1: We talked about Hoyberg earlier, and that this la- this season, you know, it hasn't been a success. We didn't we didn't get it to the postseason, but it was better. At least it was better than what we'd seen in previous years. Last year's special teams. There's still some bad memories of onside kicks and some weird things, but for the most part, I mean, if you had to grade it compared to some of the absolute disasters that we had in the years prior, we at least started to make a 30 yard field goal. Again, you know, we started to do some, some fairly normal things and really Bushini, of all the guys. I mean, that's really important to have him back. I mean, he, he changed the field for us and, and he was punting like a big 10 punter was last year. And that, that was instantaneously noticeable on the field and Mm -hmm. played a big role for us. So I, I see a lot of benefit there. The Marco Ortiz one is interesting to me. The deep snapper, um, just because again, sitting at a hundred plus uh, scholarships in a yeah, really traditional them? sense, I usually think of deep snappers could probably come out of your walk on program after a couple of years, but at least right away in year one, they want to make sure they have somebody that they, you know, can, can count on right away. And we lost our deep snapper from a year ago. So all right, that you know they they offered the scholarship right away for it, but uh, yeah, it, it, I mean it, it was better. It was better last
2: season you know.
4: than it had been prior. Yeah, the dumpster uh, fire wasn't smoldering quite as much. So,
2: yeah. <laughs> a, like one like of those fire fires that just yeah. like just really hard to get out. So it's a yeah, little exactly. Yeah. Yeah.
0: But
3: Dave, to answer your question too, yes, we did have a kickoff special last year, and in fact, I had him on the uh, show oh, last Frankie. summer. Frankie. Brendan Frankie, Frankie Gretna right. graduate, right. Morningside University yeah. transfer. Um, only 15 kickoffs or return last year for an average of 18 yards, which is really good. It was best for like
2: ninth in the country, I think, overall. Okay, so, so was that wasn't a doing that of
3: our Huskers last
2: year. Yeah, thanks, Rob. I mean, yeah. Bleak Royd wasn't doing that, so it'll be interesting to see who, if anything, is our kickoff guy compared to our, our place kicker. And for the deep snapper, uh, Marco Ortiz, if you're listening to the show right now, if we have to say your name at any point the rest of the year, that's, that's a bad, bad sign. We don't want, want to mention your name, Marco. Do your job, and we'll you know, maybe he
3: yeah, you want to come on the, the show, has... sure. Yeah. <laughs> if we have him in this like the spring game, if he does a really good job, it's something we notice how well it's being a deep snapper is, you know, like whatever we can bring it up. Well, but speaking of that,
1: speaking of deep snapper, Damian Jackson, the that... The former Husker, who uh, the Navy SEAL, that uh, he went to Buffalo last year, and now he's he's uh, he's actually working out. I think I think I read that he was working out even in Nebraska this off season, trying to get into the pros to be a, st- a deep snapper. He's thirty years old, and but if you can, I mean that's a skill. If you if you've got it, you could you know make a, a decent little career out of that.
2: If he makes the NFL, there's already an option uh, for his uh, movie. Yeah. Okay. So no I turn.
3: I forty nine next week, and I'm actually thinking about trying out as like a water specialist for the Huskers. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, uh, uh,
1: Husker fans, uh, you know, Redcasters watching this, you know, like I said, give us a thumbs up for what you've seen here if you like it, and, and leave a comment for us. Tell us where you think we got it right. Tell us where you think we got it wrong. Try to be polite. I mean, you know, come on, use your manners. But uh, uh, <laughs> you know, I think for the most part, this at least gives you a good idea. We're not trying to predict depth charts yet or anything like that I mean my, my goodness we haven't seen these guys play and the coaches haven't either but we want to at least give an idea going into spring ball and that's what this was about we'll put a link in the in the show here as well to last week's show where we did this with the offense so uh, you know we're just trying to go through position groups say who the names are that are scholarship guys we hope that we see a lot of walk-ons uh, you know make names for themselves too I'm a big walk-on proponent but uh, this gives you an idea of some of those hundred and three or 104 scholarship guys that we have just a, a crazy number of guys for coach rule and staff to go through in their first spring.
3: I can't wait. It's going to be a great spring game. I cannot wait to see some real football on April 22nd. And we're actually going to have the whole red cast out there too. I think Dave and I I'm, I'm talking today. We'll see. I'm, I'm yeah. hoping you are too. Cause I'd love some company on that drive and you know, otherwise I'm flying. <laughs> <laughs> All
2: right. All right. Sounds good.
3: With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever.
2: All right, hockey. Um, I don't know if a around the van horn is uh, fully necessary. I'll just have the fun with the uh, the graphic. We did take uh, two more wins um, this week from the Redbirds of Illinois State, but uh, Sunday was uh, canceled due to weather. And then in an odd odd decision, um, they've are playing three games this week at Kansas State but against Nichols. Is that right? Nichols state? Yeah, yes. They, Which is they from Texas. South.
1: For the weather, they moved us south to K state. And then I looked at for, the, I looked at the, 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 um, forecast for Manhattan and it was like five degrees warmer than here, but maybe, yeah. maybe I was expecting elsewhere.
2: like, Oh, they're, they're expecting rain in Lincoln and not in Manhattan or something like that. But no, it's all about the same and it's all, mm-hmm. you know, cold. So I guess the five degrees was enough for them to justify losing, you know, all the revenue from, from tickets. I don't quite get it. I don't be honest with you. I don't get it. Maybe Nichols asked for it. I don't know. It makes about as much sense to me as the NCA playing baseball in February to
1: begin with. I mean, this is, this yeah, is, it's March. this is the I'll challenge. It. I know, I know it's March now, but even shows you what, how much it makes sense to be playing baseball even now. I mean, I would, I would argue, and this actually is a discussion that we had a little bit earlier. So this is fun is that that San Diego game that series where we go oh three and one and now our rpi is starting to drop and we've had some text messages about that you know is that good bad whatever that we've been winning games but our rpi is dropping and it, and like you've said a couple times dave like the rpi just doesn't mean anything right now it's going to change so much and you know vanderbilt uh we've gone down a little bit i think since we beat vanderbilt even but uh, san diego's lost a bunch of games but what it really highlights to me is Like they should just flat out when you're a northern team like us, they should just give you the first weekend or two just as exhibition. It's unbelievable like how different this team, you know, can be. I mean, that that was a month ago that we played San Diego and we look completely different already.
3: Hey, they're ten and they're they're nine and one in their last ten games, which is fantastic. And their only loss is that the defending World Series uh College World Series champion. So I mean There's a lot of good things going on with this baseball team. I I was a little skeptical of that San Diego series thinking, Oh God, here we go again, because the pitching was supposed to be, and the pitching has been great. I can, I have to tell you, I think out of those 10 games, I think seven or eight of them have actually been considered what they call quality starts. So there's, there's been some shutouts like for the starters through like six or seven innings, which the fact that they're going six or seven innings, saving a lot of arms for the bullpen in the bullpen for later on in the season, So this, if you're not watching uh, Husker fans, like right now, this baseball team has a lot going on and their offense is on fire. Like they are putting up runs. So even if they lose a game, it's going to be like 15 to 14. It's it's, you know, because they're putting up, I think, somewhere around like an average of nine or 10 runs a game right now. So they are they are killing it and they are worth Mm -hmm. watching. And if you can go see them at Haymarket, I'm bummed this is the first year I come out for the spring game that they're not playing at the Haymarket that weekend. So mm-hmm. that that's kind of a bummer, but I think maybe we'll try to uh, check out a softball game or something if we can. So support women's sports, but yep. yeah, it's uh it's an exciting game team to watch and uh, it'll be interesting to see how well they do. Cause the only team in the Big Ten that's ranked right now is Iowa, and we all know how we've been playing against Iowa at least. So hopefully, we'll be able to win <laughs> some against them.
2: There's plenty of Big Ten teams there that, that are probably um, will be um, worthy opponents, and Love you know, course. I mean, San Diego, I'm, I am surprised that they have uh, gone on a on a losing streak here, but I mean, I, I'm just looking at their their uh, um, schedule. You know, they lost to UC Irvine, which is a solid program. Got swept at Oregon, um, which is an RPI a RPI of 24, but Oregon's usually good. Oregon State's very good, and they mm-hmm. lost to them. Um, they did get one game at a, a ranked TCU. So, I mean, it's not like well, San Diego's losing to, you know, uh, San Bernardino State. Is it
3: Maryland like is the other team in the Big Ten, too? That's really, is it Maryland or Rutgers? I'm trying to remember. Yeah, I would
2: not like, put barely anything. Rutgers has got a decent RPI. Maryland's no, I'm not talking RPI. I'm
3: talking, I'm talking that, like has a returning All American. And then they've also got yeah. a really good Maryland. Maryland's yeah. the one. Yeah. Maryland. Yeah. 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 And they, so that'll be an interesting, I mean, you know the Big Ten might be a little better this year than than maybe some years that they get don't get. I don't think we've been bad in the Big they Ten. Have. Yeah, I don't yeah. Right.
2: I, it, I think I think we you know I think we've been averaging. I mean, we were maybe only had what two or three last year, but typically we're getting three or four four teams in. So I don't. know. Yes, yeah,
3: I, and I think that could be this could be one of those years too. So we'll see. Yep. yep, a lot of early quality wins.
2: Yep, absolutely. All right, we're ready for some parting shots, guys. Let's do it. Honky, why don't you start us off?
1: Yeah, well, I was just actually reading through some of the comments. I usually don't get a chance to do that as much, uh, but we had one from Eric Francis, of course, and he was on last week with uh, Rob, and he goes, are you going to do the cast from the spring game? Uh, Ken uh, said, Honky's going to be on the podcast the day after. Does that count? So, yeah, I'll be doing a Ken with Generation Red has just an outstanding home uh Uh, studio that he just built so new house new studio looks outstanding has some great colors in it now speaking of that eric has been helping me a little bit with uh kind of the, the the video the quality down here, and so I've, I've changed up some of the lighting, and then I'm, I think I'm even going to do some red lighting behind me. So this will kind of change that. But uh,
2: yeah, but uh, some studio lighting on are, your I mean, you your face foundation? is are glowing tonight. Yeah.
1: That I've been doing, that that and, and and Dave, I got to tell you, I'm sure Eric is w- looking at your screen. He sees like these lights, and it, oh, I know that. I
2: I hate being in this room, um but <laughs> it it has better acoustics in the other room. So yeah, yeah, so yeah, it, we, we sometimes we forget that
1: you know. We're just like dudes doing a show. <laughs> we don't have I, mean, like I have
3: Aloe Fiber, so my oh, video is coming <laughs> through extra clear because Aloe Fiber is probably the greatest internet in the history of the world. Aloe, if you're listening, uh, let's talk. They're let's
2: not talk paying about. us yet, Rob. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> All right, Hockey, is there anything else? No, nope, that would be it. All right. All right, Rob. I, mean, I got nothing,
3: man. I think I, I'm <laughs> – <laughs> I uh I'm I'm looking forward to seeing Honky and and you down in uh Denver. I think uh Skip's going to come out with us on um uh, what is that? Friday I think he said he was. Um our your buddy your your old college buddy Gary's going to be out as well, oh, so it's be a I, Yeah, I I just texted uh, and let my son's mom know that he can stay there at her house Friday night and I'll just come get him on Saturday. So I mean, we don't what can anything can happen. St. Paddy's
1: Day. This is If uh, if, if this is our last Redcast, uh, you understand. My liver
2: is scared already.
1: (laughs) I've been trying to prepare here. I've been drinking red beer
2: tonight. (laughs) I'm drinking (laughs) Kool-Aid. All right, Boomer, please help me out here.
4: Well, not sure I can, but uh, we all know it's the launch of spring football. And by football, I mean this Thursday we see the start of the AFL season, so... Hope you're all excited have your uh, teams ready to go and you'll join us at 3:20 in the morning for the kickoff of Richmond and Carlton. So bright and early. So we'll be there. So
2: Absolutely. All right, guys, great stuff. Good show. i uh, looking forward to hockey's annual March madness trip for now. Let's call that a go big red cast. Go big red. Here we are.
4: Heard at Sports Network Production.